Welcome to Live Life Creative. I'm Dylan Kreinbrink. Uh, thank you for spending some time with me today. We're going to be breaking down how to photograph an event with three major and very different lighting conditions, indoors, outdoors when it's sunny, and outdoors in the shade. I definitely made a bunch of mistakes with this event, and I learned a lot, so that part's good. I want to help you skip the making mistakes part, just go right to the learning part. So if you're ever doing an event or anything that you're switching between these different lighting scenarios, hopefully this will help you out a bit. Uh, first, though, I need your opinion on something. Now, I started this podcast very broad, covering the whole creativity as a topic, as a focus for the show. I realized after a while that's way too much, and I don't know enough about creativity to make that podcast, so I decided to focus on just photography, and that's kind of where we've been at for the past couple of episodes. Now, since it is just focused on photography now, does the show need a new name? Now, I really love Live Life Creative as a name, and that'd be great as a brand name, you know, to put it on a hat, on a t-shirt, stuff like that. But does that name fit this podcast anymore? Now, I want to hear what you think. Uh, send me a message on Instagram at Live Life Creative Podcast, or you can tweet me. Uh, my personal account is at DKPhotoXYZ. Now, for this episode, we're talking about the Disability Advocates of Kent County. Uh, they're like a charitable organization, a nonprofit. Their general thing is to make public spaces more accessible, and they do community projects like build wheelchair ramps for people's homes, things like that. So they're doing good work. So what this event was is the ADA celebration. It's the party for the anniversary when the Americans with Disabilities Act was signed. Now, it was at the local library. It's actually the branch of the library I go to most of the time. Uh, and this library has a really nice lawn behind it. It's got this big patio style kind of stage area looking over the lawn. It's really kind of a tidy little performance space. And I, I thought it was really cool. This isn't the first time I've actually been out behind there. And this was a hot day, around 90 degrees, high humidity, zero clouds in the sky. And, you know, most of it was outside, right? The bunch of the vendors were outdoors. There's stage performances out there. Uh, on the inside, there were some more vendors. And this was not great light, like very green tinted, just very gross, kind of tungsten -y sort of, maybe not tungsten necessarily, but just really gross looking light. Um, this was the first time that I spent shooting two cameras. Uh, Recently-ish, I bought my second camera, Nikon D750 full frame, love it. I've held on to my Nikon D7000, which is the first camera I've had. And so with this event, I put, uh, I took both of them with me. Uh, one of them was on a regular neck strap and just kind of hung it off my left shoulder. Uh, the D750, I had a sling strap, so it slings from my left shoulder still, but down to like to my right side. So it was really like easy way to kind of flip it up real quick. And this was the first time that I tried to shoot video and photo for the same event. And it was a challenge. This was really, really tough. I'm really not used to having to stay at a certain shutter speed for the uh, 180 rule, 180 degree rule for video. And so I was adjusting aperture. Now, this is the difficult thing with, with video. I had my video settings saved to user preset one and user preset two. And for uh, preset one, that was 24 frames a second, you know, the shutter speed I'd need, that kind of thing. Um, and then 
for user preset two, I had that for 60 frames per second. So I had a shutter speed of one over 125 for that one. Now, what I didn't realize at the time is that when I saved these user presets, they were both saved when I was in shutter priority mode for the shooting mode instead of manual. And so what I didn't know, this is on the D750, is when you have, when you're saving um, video presets in aperture or shutter speed, uh, aperture priority or shutter priority, shutter speed priority, or program uh, for shooting modes on Nikons, at least this one, auto ISO is on all the time. Like you can't turn it off. You have to be in full manual uh, when you're in video mode to be able to control your ISO. So that was really, really hard to get the correct exposure. Uh, when I got home, I finally realized it got it off I, uh, auto ISO. And since I was shooting video in shutter priority, I finally just had to roll with it. And eventually I had to turn to shooting video in manual mode for full control. And it was tough. So another challenge that I ran into with taking photos and videos for the same event is remembering to take the video of the important stuff. So my priority is with taking photos first, like get the important stuff with photos first. And I had to just kind of like switch my brain to video mode. Like I had to, you know, switch the actual flip on the flip, the actual switch on the camera body. But it's also like a, a switch in my mind that I had to flip too. And I did take enough clips to put together a one minute highlight video, which was more fun and easier than I expected. And is also kind of my goal. The clips were not super well ex exposed because of the problems I just talked about. They were almost always too bright but there was at least enough of them close enough in exposure to make the video. And it was nothing amazing. Definitely not that, but I had a lot of fun making it. Uh, I used the program DaVinci Resolve to edit it. Um, I used music from freemusicarchive.org if you want to check out those things. I'm going to have some links in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to learning more about DaVinci and video editing. Uh, all night long, I was shooting with Spot Protect Highlights. And this mostly caused the photos to be underexposed. But thankfully, I did learn that the D750 can handle a lot of uh, exposure pushing in post. Uh, 100 ISO underexposed. This was mostly in the, uh, in the indoors. If I underexpose that according to spot protect highlights and then I push it to where it needs to be, I figured it's pretty similar to ISO 1600. If I didn't push the exposure on the ISO 1600 at all, it's pretty close. You know, I think that looks actually pretty good. And this whole night was kind of the extreme light situation I was talking about. Pure bright sunlight, completely piercing. And then there's shadows uh, outdoors, you know, the shade areas, there's some trees. And then also the indoor. So I had to think a lot about like remembering to switch my settings. It was not enough just to rely on aperture priority. I had to think about like, oh yeah, I need to go like drop my ISO by, you know, from 6400 to ISO 50 when I'm going from indoors to outdoors. And sometimes I forgot to adjust these settings from one situation to the next. So always keep in mind whenever you are walking through a door into a new lighting situation, like, oh yeah. I need to like change things to make sure I don't do it. So that's my little tip for you. Every time you walk through a doorway, maybe that can be a little hint for you. Like, oh yeah, let's check my settings real quick. And this definitely caused me to lose shots for sure. There's a couple when I switching from indoor to outdoor, just pure bright white, just completely unrecoverable whatsoever. 
Um, also, in the when in the open shade areas outside, there's a lot of dappled light under the trees, and that was really really tough. You just can't really balance the highlights and the shadows when the camera thinks it has a proper exposure. So I would recommend, and what I did uh, in that situation, underexpose. You know, the spot protect highlights, uh, spot metering protect highlights. Underexpose with that, and try to keep the highlights. Um, as you're bringing up the exposure in post. So that means like, you know, bringing up your shadows slider, you know, that kind of thing. Try to protect those highlights from being completely blown out because those don't really recover when you're editing in post. Like if you blow out your highlights, they're just gone. But if you have really dark shadows when you're underexposed, there's a lot that you can still bring out from those. A lot more than you can if you have blown highlights. And I was definitely saved by that. You know, the dynamic range in the D750, the shadows, highlight sliders. I pushed those as much as I dared. And I still messed around a good bit in other modules in Darktable. The photo editing software I use is Darktable. Still had to mess around with some other things, some other tools in there to get the right tone and exposure and contrast and things like that. And in processing the images... I did something that I've never done before, <laughs> which is use the same preset on all of the images. Uh, like I just mentioned, uh, the Darktable, the photo editor, it's free and open source. Uh, they don't call them presets in that uh, program. They call them styles instead of presets, but it's pretty much the same thing. The only preset slash style pack that I've installed is a set of film emulations by this guy named Jao Pedro Almeida. Uh, it's a Brazilian guy. I'm sure I butchered his name. I'm totally sorry. I put a link in the show notes where you can download these presets if you are also using Darktable. Um, I've never used VSCO, Visco, and Lightroom, any other presets or any other experience with presets. So I'm not sure how these film emulation presets styles uh, compare to like Visco or Mastin Labs or anything like that. I like... I like them in general, like I've got maybe a dozen or so that I've picked out out of those that I like pretty well for most things. So for this event and for a couple of a couple other events that I've shot since then, uh, I use the preset Fuji Pro 400H. This is actually based on a recommendation of a previous guest of the podcast, Cameron Whitman. Uh, he was around, his podcast episodes are around like, oh, episode 15 and 17 or something like that, somewhere around there. Uh, he's also one of the hosts on my favorite uh, camera and photography podcast called Cameras or Whatever. So check that one out if you want to check that out, uh, if you're interested in more photography podcasts. And he was talking about the 400H preset from VSCO, but I like Alameda's as well. And I still had to do a lot of work in the other modules. It's not like a one and done kind of thing. Uh, most of it was centered around exposure, but there were some uh, certain situations in some of these photos where the color was not where it should really be. So that was my experience with the ADA celebration at the Richard L. Root branch of the Kent District Library. It feels like that's the most I've talked about shooting a single event, but I'm sure it's probably not true. And hey, before we sign off here, two things. Uh, let me know what you think about changing the name of the show. Uh, again, you can message me on Instagram at Live Life Creative Podcast or tweet at DK Photo XYZ. 
And if you're interested in learning more about Darktable because it's free, also let me know in that message or the tweet. Uh, this would be uh, podcast episodes about Darktable and maybe even YouTube tutorials. I'm starting to get into video and it's still kind of intimidating to me, but maybe that's something that I'd be able to explore with uh, Darktable. And I might just do it anyway. I might just do it because... I want to talk about it and take you along for the ride. And if you're interested in a free photo editor that's not 100% a replacement for Lightroom, but, you know, it'll get you 90, 95% of the way there, then it's definitely a really great option. So I'm Dylan Kreinbrink. Thanks for spending some time with me on the possibly yet to be renamed Live Life Creative. Yeah.